Hi, Karen. I am so glad that you're here and I'm looking forward to hear your story and also how you have been able to change the life, not only your life, but the life of so many women and how you have helped them to become a smart woman with money. But first, I want you to tell me a little bit about you. Tell me uh, who are you? How did you start this brand and what makes you decide to do this? Okay. So first of all, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me. I love speaking with women and spreading the word about how to get smart with money. It's a, it's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So thank you for the invitation and hello, everyone. So, all right. Well, let's um, roll back the clock to 19, early 1980s. I was working in corporate America. I had a fabulous job. I had a beautiful office on the 32nd floor of this big round glass building in San Francisco's financial district. So if you would have seen me, you would have thought, wow, this woman is really a success. Look at her. But what you wouldn't have seen is that behind that impressive facade, I had a dirty little secret. And that secret was that on top of my refrigerator, I had a big bowl of bills that just went in there. I didn't look at them. Prior to that, I had gone through a divorce and I was alone for the first time in my life. My kids were in college. I was alone for the first time in my life. When I went through the divorce, I got a lump of money. It was more money than I had ever seen. I stuck my head in the sand and spent it. It wasn't working. And then one day, you know, that day I came home from work one day and there was an eviction notice on my apartment door. And, um, I thought, okay, this is, I, I have to take my head out of the sand. So that night I pulled down that big bowl of bills and I put on some inspirational tapes by Dr. Sh Robert Schuler on possibility thinking. And I just made a list of every single bill. And I thought, you really have to face this. At that time, when we looked for help, we didn't have Google. So we had yellow pages in the telephone book, right? So I looked in the telephone book for financial help, um, you know, debt counseling. And the only thing I found were debt counselors on the one hand, and then on the other hand were financial people like financial planners and accountants. And so I thought, well, obviously I'm not ready for a financial planner or an accountant. So I'm going to try these debt counselors. And I tried that. But what the approach was is you give them their money, you give them your paycheck, you get an allowance and they pay all your bills. And that just doesn't work. It didn't work for me. And But the good news about it was it started me on the journey to heal my own money problems. And in that process, I thought, oh, my gosh, I bet there are a lot of people like me caught in that gap, right? Not ready for the financial planners. Debt counseling isn't going to help them. And so um, I just started educating myself and creating a process. Uh, and a few years later... 1988, I realized I was ready to launch the business financial recovery. And um, my approach was, I thought was just going to be people like me, right? But what I discovered is that there were all kinds of people that came in to see me who were struggling with their relationship with money, even people who had inherited wealth. So I had to start expanding my process um, right from the get go. And I'll just say a couple more things. And then I'll see what question you want to ask me. But one of the things I realized is that it's not enough to just talk about money. You know, I, I went to therapists 
Um, and of course, I avoid, avoided that topic, but also therapists at that time were not trained to help people with money problems. And many of them didn't know how to handle money themselves because becoming a therapist, they were not taught business courses. I think a lot of that has changed in more recent years. But I, um, I launched my business in 1988, the end of 1988, and I had my very first client February 2nd, 1989. So it's been a long time. And over these 33 years, whatever it is, there's been a lot of changes, um, but that's how it all started. Wow. And, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of women that are listening to this right now are not foreign of the feeling of like, I don't want to deal with my bills and they're like putting it aside, right? Because I hear that a lot. Now, why financial recovery? Why did you decide to call it financial recovery? In my book, my latest book, I talk about um, the word dis-ease, right? And I know that I felt ill. I, I was having a lot of physical symptoms along with emotional symptoms because I was so out of control with money. It affected my self-esteem. It affected everything. I wasn't well. And to me, it just seemed like recovering from problematic money behaviors. I was an under earner. I was an overspender. I was a chronic debtor. And so I just thought that that, you know, dis-ease and, and how to say, I want to have ease. I want to have wellness. I want to have health. Um, that was where that came from. And, and from time to time, some of the coaches I trained, they're uncomfortable with that word, but you know, it stood the test of time with me, you know, that, yeah. that, um, for I think it's super people. clever, actually. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people, you know, we don't want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, lay, some people are uncomfortable with labels. And I found that it could be helpful for people to go, oh, I just haven't learned about money. Or I am doing harmful things with money and I want to make it better. And somebody to identify I really probably make enough. I don't know. Am I an under earner or am I an overspender? So it, it gave me a way to start thinking that money disorders, if you will, yes. um, that we can recover. We can move from a life where we're kind of what I described being caught in the money life drain, where our life becomes narrower and narrower. Kind of the joy of life is sucked out of us because of our money problems. And as we start healing, and, you know, that's what we do, right? If we recover from surgery or recover from an illness or an injury, we recover. And, and in that process, we begin to have a, a much more expansive life that really feels, you know, worth getting out of bed every morning for. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it makes so much sense. I love the way that you have, like, planet and the way that you are expressing it because it makes sense. You know, having money problems is kind of like a disease. You know, it's kind of like having something, but it doesn't mean that you cannot heal. That is not, okay. that is, you know, a lot of women, unfortunately, they feel or they, they feel that financial independence is a distant dream, that it will never happen, right? But uh, I'm sure that that has not been the case with your clients, right? Well, yes. And some clients come in because they've just, you know, they don't have serious, serious problems with money, but they just never learned to handle them. I know that when I got my divorce settlement, my uncle asked me if I was going to invest them in money market. And I just said, yes, I didn't know what a money market was. I was too embarrassed to admit that. And 
he would have been delighted to tell me. So, so often we hide behind our shame and embarrassment that we don't know, that somehow we should just through osmosis know these things. And so it's so empowering for women to get smart with money, you know, and to make sure that your money that you're earning and spending is adding to your life and not subtracting from your life. And this is the the best time to actually do things like that, right? To be able to, uh, there's so much information. There's so much, much uh, there's so many options out there and people like you, people like me. And I have met a lot of different uh, money coaches that are teaching and, and trying to help and change the world by educating people and uh, through financial education, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, how uh, do you have any example of like a before and after or like any of your clients, how they that went through your financial recovery, how they were able to transform their lives? Sure, absolutely. And one, one of the things I want to say in my approach, you're right, there's so many things out there now and some things are and, you know, different things for different people. Um, one of the things that I feel is important for people who have had reoccurring money problems. So often what we do is we think if we just do talk therapy or we just talk about our money stories and that type of thing, um, that that's going to do something. And maybe for some people it does. What I've discovered is that people have to absolutely be grounded in their numbers. So my process is one where we do a lot of emotional work, but we also really work with the numbers in a spending plan. That's important. So I will give an example of a woman who came to see me and, you know, she was generating a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in gross income. And she was a realtor. Beautiful um, area of San Francisco was her territory. And she, when she came to see me, she had zero assets. She was leasing her car. She was always behind on um, taxes. And so what she would do is live on her credit cards until the next escrow came in, then she would pay off her credit cards and just start that cycle over and over and over again. And um, she was, you know, lovely woman, bright, well, I mean, just everything going for her, except this self-defeating process that she had been going on for years. Oh, and then when tax time would come, she'd borrow money to pay for her taxes. And then she'd also have that to pay back. So she, so um, one of the processes that I have is called, it's a chapter in my book called Saving Your Way Out of Debt. And one of the things that I feel is that people need to address their relationship to savings as at the same time they start looking at the relationship to um, debt repayment. And there's so much about just debt repayment, but then the whole focus on debt repayment doesn't work because people get out of debt all the time, but they go back in. So in my process, what I recommend people do is I have a three-tier approach to getting out of debt, but alongside that is a three-tier approach for savings. I so So, agree with that. mm -hmm. So one of the things that people would see on their credit cards would be periodic expenses, insurances, um, car repair, you know, these different things that come up throughout the year. So um, what I said to her, I'll just make up a name, Mary. Um, So I said to Mary, hey, Mary, so how long do you go without an escrow? And she said, two or three months. 
So the next time she got an escrow payment, we said, and by this time we had done her spending plan. So we knew what she needed a month to live on. But instead of paying off those credit cards, we also knew how much she needed to have in periodic savings. So we funded her periodic savings and some towards her safety net, which is the income protection. So uncomfortable for her because she's carrying debt now, right? And she's going to pay interest for a few months. But what happens in that process, people start loving if maybe for the first time in their life, they're starting to save money. They don't even want to spend it when those periodic expenses come up. But if they do, what they start seeing is they can stop digging a deeper hole of debt. So fast forward, and this is what we did, what Mary agreed to do was when she got her escrow, we knew that she needed a certain amount of money every month. We needed to have that set aside in her safety net so that she could have three months of deposits that she could bring over each month for her, for her regular expenses. And um, what ended up happening is for the first time in her life, when um, she got the next, you know, a couple of times later when she got an escrow, it wasn't already spent. Wow. But the other thing, this was before the big real estate boom in California. And so because she then started really saving money, she was able to take advantage of buying, to be in a position to buy property just before the boom. She retired young. She has a house paid for in San Francisco. And I heard from her maybe about three or four years ago. And she said, um, I just bought my second home in Hawaii. Nice. So, you know, it's um, whether somebody comes in and they're already making a lot of money, but they just, you know, so she stopped that process of yo-yo debting and not saving. And it completely changed how expansive and, you know, how financially free. So if somebody's struggling with debt, um, that is one of the things that I recommend is you've got yeah. to look at your relationship to savings where the time will come. You have to pull that credit card out for something that you can't afford to pay for. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, unfortunately, a lot of gurus, they they focus on, they say, no, you cannot save until you get out of debt. And I think that's not, that might not be the best approach. And you actually have proven that having both, you know, like building that net and, and those savings at the same time that you lower your debt is definitely, first of all, I feel that creates a habit, right? Positive habits. And then it allows, uh, you know, to actually at the person achieve financial freedom even faster, right? Well, what it starts doing right away, Sarah, is it starts helping a person move out of the victim role, like, oh, my God, you know, another car repair. Oh, my gosh, the insurance can do to feeling empowered because they have the money to pay for it. Yes. And shifting the emotions, shifting the emotions. You know, I feel good having this money to pay for it. And um I know those gurus, those gurus do that. And it's something that even Money Magazine, when Money Magazine was a big magazine, um, they knew my approach. And so they called me one day, Jean Chasky called me one day and she said, we're sitting with all the financial planners and they just don't get this, right? Because everybody says, which I can understand it. You're going to get maybe a half a percent if you're lucky in a savings account and maybe you're paying 25% on a credit card. I understand that that may sound like it doesn't make sense, but it's short-term gain for uh, pain for long-term gain because people get out of debt 
all the time. But I've seen thousands of people where 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they're still trying to get out of the credit card debt. And all that money that they've paid on interest would have been, you know, money for them to grow their wealth. So, um, yeah, okay, you're going to be paying interest for a few months until you come up with this, um, you know, where you first stabilize your debt, then you start looking at, okay, well, how am I going to actually eliminate my debt? And then when people get debt free, Another thing I discovered, it can be hard for people to tolerate that. It may make, it may sound crazy, but I found that people needed support once they got out of debt because they know that their comfort zone is, you know, it's like they don't have the belief system that they deserve to have that kind of yeah. financial security. So, so that's one example. Um, I mean, I could give you, you know, thousands of yeah. examples. Well, that's a great example. That's a great example. So I know that aside from financial recovery, you actually help other money coaches to become certified, right? Yes. I um, stopped counseling one-on-one, oh my gosh, maybe 20 years ago more longer than that, like 25 years ago. Well, 25 years ago, I was probably still in private practice and training. Oh my gosh. You, you keep talking about the eighties and the nineties and you're like, you you look so young. (laughs) I'm I'm 78 years old. No way. Oh my God. I'm 78 years old. You look great. uh, Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and that's the thing too. I've had so many people feel if they're in their fifties, sixties, seventies, it's too late can always start, you know, always. Um, But what I discovered, and it's kind of like I have kids who've had kids and now they're my grandkids. I love training money coaches to have thriving practices themselves. So, you know, I can only see so many people. And so I've been training money coaches. These days, there's a lot of money coaching programs out there. And, you know, people can look at them all and see what fits for them. What we do is it's a year long training that will take people through, um, first of all, understanding all the problems that people have and how to work with them to how to start envisioning the kind of business you want, how to set up your business, all the legal stuff you need, all of that. And then we help them learn to market. So in that year time, you know, after about the third, first three or four months, a person is ready to start taking clients. And then they're still in the training the rest of that year. So they're getting support in client retention and also in, you know, building their practice. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's just something that I love doing. And because I know you're publishing this soon, um, our next training starts September 8th. So if anyone is interested they can go to financialrecovery.com and get information to sign up for the webinar that we'll be doing to talk about it all. Sounds great. So I want to ask you, if you were to recommend one of your books to our audience, which one do you feel that will be the best one at the moment? Financial Recovery. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, do we have time for me to give you one more story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you mentioned that you know Michael Ann Volterra, right? So Michael Ann trained with me, oh my gosh, 24 years ago, something like that. During that time, she had a baby. And then eventually she got a divorce, single mom raising this child. So Michael Ann went from being a client with her husband to starting to, well, train with me and then follow me around the country as I trained people. 
And for these years that she's been in business, she's bought two homes. She's remodeled her home. She's funded her retirement. And she has done all of that as a money coach. Because our process is not one where you only see people for two or three months. To really have the kind of changes that I described earlier with Mary, we have long-term relationship. It doesn't mean yeah. that they're, you know, three, four months from now, they may not be coming in as much as they are in the beginning. And in a year, they may only be coming in and, you know, three or four times a year. But to keep that process where the satisfaction of that is it's a good business model because you can build a practice that's sustainable. Yes. You also get that job satisfaction of making a difference in people's lives. So you get to see that joy of like, oh my gosh, people don't get into money problems overnight and they don't get out of money problems overnight. That's true. That's true. That's why I been so inspired to create Smart Women with Money because it's not something that will happen overnight, but it has to be done. And, uh, and we just have to take action and take this step to do it and, uh, and look for help. You know, that's what we're here, right? To look that, to uh, help them to keep themselves accountable, to hold their hand when they need to, et cetera. So definitely, um, I think that that is uh, super important. So I really appreciate uh, everything that you have shared and to be here with us. And I know that you have a gift for our audience. What is that gift? Absolutely. So I have an ebook called Is Your Work Working For You? And in this ebook, um, I encourage people to do a thorough inventory of the relationship to work and earning money. Okay. And um, so we talk about does the job work, does the money doesn't, does the money work, the job doesn't, or do neither work? And some people might find, hey, both work, fine. But um, what I have found, and one of the reasons I'm going to offer this as a, as a gift right now, is that this is a time when people are really looking a lot mm-hmm. of looking at job transitions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a job transition, some people may want to consider becoming a money coach, but you'll get a lot out of the book, whether that's your interest or not. And along with that, there's an exercise um, called earning ceiling meditation for women. One of the things, well, anyone, but but we're talking mostly to women here. One of the things that we want to do when we look at our relationship to earning money is we have to know, do we have an earning ceiling? And if we're in business for ourselves and um, we have to know what our bottom is. So a lot of times there's uh, people don't think about what they want to charge or what they want to earn, but a lot of women undercharge and then they feel resentful. It starts yes. undermining their work. So we have to know the ceiling and the, and the floor. Yes. So we kind of work with that. So this, this exercise will help people identify the first. And one other thing that I want to let people know is the software that I use is called Money Grit, and it's moneygrit.com. And what I learned, because you probably have a lot of entrepreneurs in your audience. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So the number one predictor of a woman's success in business is her relationship with money. Yes. But it can't be on the back burner. It has to yeah. be on the front burner. So what I learned from the beginning was putting people on a personal spending plan was great, But for business owners, they had to really learn, not from the rearview mirror accounting, but to really begin to understand the relationship to work and earning money. And um, 
So moneygrit.com and financialrecovery.com are where you can find out about the training, the work, and the software that we use. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Karen, for being with us and sharing all of this information. And I hope that that women, you know, feel inspired and empowered to actually say, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to take charge of my money. And even if they're married, I don't know, you know, I'm pretty sure that in our audience is going to be some women. And I hope that they say, yes, I I think I need to take a look at this. Right. So thank you so much again for being here. Yes. So we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. It's my pleasure.